West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 22nd of November 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Catherine Corwell. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Good evening, listeners. It is uh, Wednesday night and a little bit. It's 13 degrees in my mortal car tonight. And it's Catherine Caldwell is sitting here beside me and she said, 11 on horse, but I feel it's a little bit nippy. It's a bit. It's a clear chilly. sky. Makes all the difference, doesn't clear it? Clear sky. Mm-hmm. It's all in the mind. <laughs> now, folks, we thank you for your interest in the program this is wednesday night and half past nine as usual and this is county views my name is pat donovan and i'll be with you for the next hour and a half and we're expecting two more people in so we'll introduce them all if the other two turn up i assume tom ryan will turn up well, he usually enough, always know. does and there was one other one that's supposed to be coming as well that hasn't appeared yet but in the meantime we will go to Mary Butler and Capanook Maru and County Limerick and she requests to take me home by Celtic Thunder so Mary put on the kettle and enjoy take me home by Celtic Thunder Due to podcast regulations we are unable to play that track on this podcast County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors Limerick and Newcastle West for all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. That was Take Me Home by Celtic Thunder, Mary Butler, Capanook. You know, you know more about that than I do, Mary, anyhow, because I'm not too familiar with those. Now, I hope you enjoyed it anyhow. And we have another one a little later on for Dave in the Shed. And now looking at my local notes around the place, or what's going on around town, says you, that we heard there during the week that there was quite a large number of mobile phones stolen from a local phone shop here in the, in, in the town here in Newcastle West. There, about a week or so ago. And... At 12.35 a.m., I believe, at around half past 12. Lots of phones stolen. Uh, it's the time of the year. Catra, I should introduce the guests. I'm very rude. Uh, listeners, anyway, you're tuned to West Limerick 102, your local community radio station broadcasting from Newcastle West. And we also thank the people who support us financially and who take part in the 50-50 draw each week. That's very much appreciated. And... Uh, also, those people who call in, if you want to ring in tonight between half nine and 11 o'clock, uh, 0696662600, that is 0696662600, or 0871669800. So any topic whatsoever that you want us to discuss, you would like us to discuss, 
I know I'm sure somebody in Brianna about the GA where they have five counties that they would like to send them off doing something else. I think the GA don't seem to have too much time for promoting it in, in those counties. That is what I'm referring to. But back to the Rambray end, of course, we'll introduce who we've got, and I'm still missing one man that hasn't turned up. But we are fine with what we have, and that is Catherine Caldwell, wonderful lady out there in the college in Trumcallow. You're very welcome, Catherine. Thanks very much. James. And Tom Ryan, of course, a wonderful man in many, 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 many talents indeed, and well-known hurler from his day. And he was no shrinking violet. The fellas tell me around the country when they mention Tom Ryan, which is on a regular basis here when I meet him across the country, tell that happened so and so. That he nearly broke my head or broke my ankle or my elbow or whatever, you know, many, many years ago. Anyway, back to the time of the year, it's November. It's time when robberies, I think winter time, there's more robberies in winter time in the dark of night and so, folks. And it is. Um, not a good time. No, I uh, people, you know, sort of everybody feels like more closed in. Um, you know, sort of that the lights are on much earlier, and the lights are on in the morning, and there's a much longer night out there. We're past the equinox now, and the nights are getting longer and the days shorter. So, you know, just to just to be more a little bit more um, cautious, I suppose, is the is the whole message about. Yeah. It's locking up time, Tom. Yes, it's a continuing problem, Pat. Uh, in in rural and in urban areas, as, as you already stated, the, the the shopkeepers and the business people in the towns are getting an awful doing altogether from the brazenness of them, of the shoplifters and the thieves. Like it, it, it has knows no bounds now. The worrying factor, we say, is that a lot of that is happening during the day, during business hours, and staff are frightened, and these people are operating with impunity. But in the rural areas, the, the problem is is more is more suspicious and dangerous because now out in the countryside, including my own area over Mungert and Patrick Swell and the areas around there, that I'd be very familiar with and people would be would be telling me there's a lot of activity going on during the day and people are out there hunting and uh, as, as a kind of a cover for case in places and there are a lot of robberies now in farms and in houses they've been watched and they've been you know and people have been threatened on their own in, in their own houses and on their own lands so the whole concept of a pet appears to be that the lack of of mobile guardy we're talking about we haven't people in the streets anymore we haven't the guard on the beach but now we have also a terrible scarcity of mobile patrols in particularly at night and during the day when people are accosted and when they see these individuals on farms and in places I've had them on numerous occasions I've approached them and luckily enough for myself I am um, they dispersed and went away but the thing about it is Pat that um, people are afraid now and, they're, and they, they get more brazen by the time by the hour they know appears to have they're, they're out of one place you hunt them out of it they go out and they're in another place and they have, they have a few dogs but that, that's only a cover you know and um People will drop them off and pick them up, and you ring the guard. 
and their own decisions. And as we know ourselves here, every night we're talking about it, and people have that problem all over the country. You know, it has been covered in actual fact on a few occasions now nationally as well by the mm-hmm. by the representatives of the farming community, and uh, that nothing appears to be done about it, or nobody cares about it. And we saw what happened in Sligo that unfortunate man that got killed, that he died as a result of his injuries, and uh, those people are up for they're on trial. Well, they're not on trial yet, but there will be. So Pat. It's a very worrying thing, and I, I, I certainly blame our government, our Department of Justice, Minister for Justice, and the Gardaí in Croke in up in the Phoenix Park who run the whole show. They are to blame, but nobody else. It goes on and goes on and goes on, and it just goes on and on. So. But, Pat, it goes on, and, and we speak about it here every night. And look at the, the trauma that, what was that man's name in Sligo there, that he died there quite recently now? Or after spending 12 months in horrific, with horrific injuries. That's that. I mean, it appears to be only a, a 24-hour wonder, and then it, it all blows over and does until, the, until the trial comes, which is maybe down the road a couple of years. So, like, I mean, it, but it, it can't be left go unanswered. And our public representatives, we see, we hear them, we see them in the dial, and they have the facilities to ask the questions and to do something about it. But it appears to be a long way down the list. They are more interested in talking about RTE and about issues like that than they are about the protection of people in rural and now in urban areas. Catherine, do you say if you do the crime yourself, your time? But the, the, the sentence, the, the, don't see, there was a, in the, the I'm referring to the, the, the olden times, but we had hanging in the early times and the punishment in prison going back, uh, way back, that the punishment was really severe, penal servitude, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I went to, to um, the place like the, where they would have been sent off in um, Tasmania. Um, which was called Van Diemen's Land at the time and they have posters on the walls and there are some Irish men and women in the photographs but some were as minimum some were as minimum as having stolen a loaf of bread oh yeah yeah. do you know sort of while others had major crimes that they had been sent off to the colonies well we had that in the 1800s but equal in the 1800s apart from the, 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 the being sentenced and sent off for seven years for the, for very minor, maybe taking a sheep or a goat or something, you've got seven years in Van Diemen's land. But, but in, when they were put into a jail, they had hardly room to turn inside in it. They didn't have mobile phones and televisions like they have now and send out a menu coming around, I believe, in advance, you know, what you want for your dinner or your tea. So there isn't a fear really of going to jail now much anymore, is there? Well, I mean, some people people. have it within their system. They kind of see it as being a price that they pay within within the system that they're working. But I do feel that prisons should play a role in terms of rehabilitating people. And one of the, the, the ways that we can look at how well we're doing is to what extent people re-offend. And very often, it's very, very often and very quickly that they do re-offend. So obviously the system isn't working to make, to help them get onto the right road. And that might be in terms of developing skills or working in the kitchens or, 
you know, but doing a day's work, getting up and getting on and doing a day's work is something that people need to get into the rhythm of. It's very easy to get out of the rhythm. Yeah. A lot of but people, I think, fe fell out of the rhythm back in COVID. Yeah, we come across it there from time to time. We read them on a fairly regular basis where people have 50 previous convictions, 100, 150 previous convictions, and they're freely laid in as well. So it's literally like a university. And and, 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 and generational part as well. An education from going back in the public, come out wiser than they went in. Uh, now you're obviously talking about educational and being educated, but I think my reference to the education to come out with is probably better I educated for the crime they went in with it. I'd be wiser next time, Tom. Yeah, well, I mean, um, Catherine has, has a point, we say really, and, and the facilities are there within the prisons to uh, for, t for prisoners that want to you know, change our ways and people can get into the, uh, the criminal situation for, for different reasons and maybe, but overall, like, the, the, the hardened criminal is going to reoffend, and we saw cases there past every day, you read them out there with 100 convictions and 100, and that, that's not even hardly mentioned in the court cases anymore either, although it can be, but it's not. And, uh, you know, the whole system it has to be outside of, of, of prisons. It has to be in society itself that these people can't be tolerated. They can't, no more, I mean, there has to be a cause, and we have a, a cause in society that these people can can commit an offend and carry out serious assaults and, ser and serious attacks on vulnerable people with impunity and and. No, you know, it doesn't appear to worry the, the public anymore until they are victims themselves. And this is, the, this is the point I make all the time. It has to start back in our education system. It can, we can't go away from that. We have to look at, you, you know, we're talking about, about now from the last 20 years and 25 years, Catherine, we look at, at, at the drug uh, culture has has caused an awful lot of, of, of crime. Now, Absolutely. the point, it, it, you see, that has been allowed to develop. They, 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 the criminals have been allowed to pr prosper. They're living in Dubai and all over the world now with, in, with yachts and planes and private armies nearly. And uh, that has all been tolerated. And our, our system here has allowed that. Without, without, and you see, coming back to what we speak about here, very often, the amount of of uh, the attitude of our of our justice system, our they, they can't cope our with legal it system, well, they can cope with it all, all right. We say, like you see, you're, you're talking about they can't cope with the amount of people that are Look in, at in the prisons. At the moment, yeah. you've got people going around on I don't know what even drugs that they're using, but they're like in America, like they're like zombies kind of. Well, they're everywhere, Catherine. We agree with that. That's what I'm talking about, Catherine. That's what I'm talking about. But you see, the people that, that that have put them that way, like and society that has caused that, these these people have fallen off the wagon due to due to different reasons, due to domestic situations mostly. Well, there's an awful lot of know, hurt underneath. Alcohol, people, I think, yeah. it's that with alcohol. Now it's drugs, and we're talking about what's coming down the road. There's no drug that's coming in from America. That's going to be, we see there in, in one of the cities in America, Portland and Oregon. I mean, what, that's 
a disaster area now. Absolutely. And you can take that into the big cities in America as well, and, and in the UK. Europe doesn't appear to have the, have the same. We, at least we don't hear about it to the extent. But well, some of them have very, you know, sort of, they might be very easy laws with regard to some of the lighter stuff and then more rigorous with regard to, like, the, the meth, is it, or the, the, this meth. crack cocaine yeah, that they yeah, do and all. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really sure about the whole yeah. area. I, yeah. I stay away from it. I don't yeah. like it. I don't like people who are like this cocaine mentality, this yeah. high rush, deal with everything, and it seems to affect their egos, and they get all yeah. gone in it. I mean, the, 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 there's all sorts of comments about the doll having back in the day been found with traces of cocaine on top yeah. of the the toilet, um, and and they, of course, it was blamed on the journalists. I don't know the journalists had the money to be buying. And using cocaine but in the way society it was is, yeah, So society, it's right it's yeah. right the way through society. Yeah, it has, yeah, it right is, the yeah. way through. But what we see are the people who are, are do you know what it reminds me of? My father was a, a teetotaler and he loved um Matt Talbot and the whole thing of, you know, sort of there but for the grace of God yeah. go away. And we don't know the level of hurt. There's a lovely man called um Gabor Mate. You, you can see some of his talks. He actually did an interview of, I think it was Prince Harry. He regrets it though now. But he's a, a psychologist and he has worked with people in the inner city in Toronto who were in this drug system <coughs> and, and, and falling down on themselves again. And, and so he was working with them, trying to deal with... And his comment was, there's no point in looking at the stopping until you see why people started in the first place. And these people have to be helped in going back and looking at the hurt. Yeah, well, that's what, just and what the, I'm and saying, Catherine, you're exactly, now, and I know. And what you say is so, correct, you know. Tom. We have to take it into the schools. We have to have schools that enable children to feel stronger, to feel yeah. better self-esteem, to feel like they have value just as they are. And moving forward, but we've got a very competitive school system, where you know, sort of it's very, very easy that children can feel if they're not at the pace of the class that they're not good enough. But so Cantron and taking on all those sort of Cantron, Cantron, sex education and all parts of sexual activity and sexual intercourse, not that area of the body, that has now been taught. Children at seven years of age in school. I'm not sure that to the level that it is. I mean, I know that there's an awful lot of gossip in the in social media about what the schools are doing well, and I, stuff. But I, I I was in the company some time back of a, a child of seven years of age, and sitting at a table with adults and the child's parents were there, and my wife was with me at the table, and that lot of people were there. And I asked the young lady of seven, what did you learn in school today? And she said, I learned all about my vagina. Seven years of age in school today. That was what I've been taught. That was a and conversation stopper. It was an eye-opener for an old man like me anyway. But so you wonder what the hell is going on. Like, are children not being allowed to be children anymore? 
and did not have drugs down on top of it at a young age and all kinds I, of stuff I, I like think that, the, the, the timings of things and I think children being taught at home or knowing at home to some level of their own yeah. body parts it doesn't need to be in the classroom for quite some time but, it's but then you've got the, the worry about the children who haven't got the family environment where that yeah but it is part of the curriculum now i believe that whole sex education for a very very young age it's kind of understandable that 12 maybe or up around there someplace but people will argue otherwise as well which they might be right as well maybe i'm out of line Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, it's a very difficult area. I think it's, it's one that parents have to decide on their own behalf and, and talk to the school. And I know that for, for um, different, different people of different belief systems, they can decide that they don't want their children to have the sex education as has been brought down by the... Now I have a, my my phone, my my phone is tickling non-stop, so I, I'm yeah, going to do oh those few messages and things. And do. sometimes it's dangerous reading them without calling them out without reading them first. Anyway, this <laughs> is one I got in the post for an email there this evening. At least was here when I came in this evening, and it's self-explanatory. So people in Fiona or Newcastle West area, I would ask you to lift your ear slightly or give it a bit of a clearing for this one because there's an appeal in this hi hi i am emailing you in the hope that you may be able to help i have heard from a listener to 102 that a recent county view episode featured a report on the fiona pageant unfortunately i didn't hear it myself but i will check if it's on your podcast series and give a listen anyway the reason i'm contacting you is that my dad Sergeant Richard Maguire, George Daly is an expert on the guards of Newcastle West. Sergeant Richard Maguire, Newcastle West, often recorded events in West Limerick on film in the 1950s and 60s. And he did record the Fiona pageant in the early 50s. These reels, unfortunately, have been misplaced over the years. As a postscript to your programme on the pageant, would it be possible to put out a call in the off chance that someone somewhere might be able to recall seeing the film and better still be able to shed any news on their whereabouts. I realise that discovering the film is a very long shot, but one never knows. If you would like to contact me for information, I can be contacted by email or mobile. Best regards, Declan McGuire. Now, Declan and people who are listening in relation to Fiona Pageant, that was not on, discussed on County Views. It was a programme I did many years ago with the late Pat Kegney from Fiona, and we went into, he, he went into it because I wouldn't have known anything about it, but Pat was involved in the pageant in, in the 50s in Fiona, and that is that was on last Saturday and it was a story and song and anybody who would be familiar with any further information on that we would only love if you would contact us now back to my phone again here for a number of messages holy god these phones and since we uh, I'm going to today. Some poor analysis reconstitute the family, stopped the attacks on it, the left destroyed the country. And uh, from Gerald or Carol. Gerald, I, I, I'm getting so confused, I don't know the left from the right at this stage. She said, talk to the schools. Schools are cesspools of fake liberalism and the woke. And another one up on top of that one again from another lady and she says 
Mum of six and a teacher, and I have withdrawn my kids from all those six education classes. Too much in for too soon. Let the kids be kids. I realise there are some vulnerable kids who unfortunately need these talks at a young age. And that is Sarah from County Clare. And I'm delighted you're awake, Sarah, and that you have time to listen to us. And indeed, with six young children, time to even send the text. So we're on the same wavelength there. And th th that is a fact, what I said about the young lady, and she was seven years of age. So Jason is putting fingers up there telling me we're going to an ad break. And we'll do that, and we'll be back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 22nd of November 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Catherine Corwell. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. We have a song coming up, yes. Dave in the shed. Dave, I hope you have the heater on and you don't set yourself on fire in the shed. And for Dave in the shed, Willie Nelson on the road again. Due to podcast regulations, we are unable to play that track on this podcast. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. And I have another one here, and it is, see, this one is an announcement. Uh, but I ask me there to, um, to, 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 to a, a meeting will be held here to see. That's from the Shannon Estuary Water Action Group, which represents the affected areas community. A public meeting will take place regarding the cold bile water nurses, in, and that's in place since the 17th of May. And the meeting will take place will be held on Thursday the 30th of November in Eskeaton Hall at 7.30. And the invitations have been issued to local councils, TDs, Ishka, and the EPA and the HSC, and hope that the meeting can be brief and the public to current situation, the answer questions, and they're asking as many people from the areas to attend that one. That's uh, next Thursday night week in Eskeaton. That's that one, and then uh, an interesting one there from uh, looking up the county council meetings. You can look up those Limerick County Council activities on the website and look into the recent meeting of the Ratkeel Municipal District held and the particular places that we find of interest here at the radio station is the general municipal allocation folks this is where county councils are allocated quite a large many many thousands 
to give to to whatever organizations or individual groups that they feel like giving it to. It's a decision for the county councillors to allocate the money as they see fit. And this is the area that would be of interest here on the radio station to us. On the proposal of general municipal allocation, it is called... And on the proposal of Councillor Adam Teske, seconded by Councillor O'Brien, it was agreed to allocate the following. 9,366 to the Irish Palatine Association, 1,000 to West Limerick Radio, whereas we are not really called West Limerick by no radio, it's called West Limerick 102 FM. But anyway, 1,000 to West Limerick Radio, 2,000 to Holy Trinity Church in Redkeel, and 2,000 to Eskeet and Tennis Club. And Councillor Carey told the meeting he did not agree with GMA monies being allocated to the West Limerick radio station and requested the record of the meeting to note he wished to be distant from the GMA contributions issued to the station. And on the proposal of Councillor O'Brien, seconded by Councillor Teske, it was agreed to allocate the following 1,000 to Eskate and Tennis Club and 1,000 to West Limerick Radio. On the proposal of Councillor Donohoe, seconded by Councillor Brian, it was agreed to allocate the following. 3,000 to Castle Rovers Football Club, 3,000 to S. Keaton GA Club. On the proposal of Councillor Sheehan, seconded by Councillor Teske, it was agreed to allocate the following. 3,000 to S. Keaton Tidy Towns, 2,000 to Ballystine National School. And the proposal of Councillor Carey, seconded by Councillor Donoghue, it was agreed to allocate 1,950 to Gerald Griffin's GAA Club. And for those of you who would like to know what councillors are in the area, there are six councillors in the Redkeel Municipal District, and they are Councillor Donoghue, Councillor Sheehan, Councillor Collins, Councillor Carey, Councillor Teske, and Councillor O'Brien. And both Councillor Teske and Councillor O'Brien gave 1,000 each to the West Limerick Radio. And the other councillors, Carey, Collins, Sheehan, and O'Donoghue, declined with Councillor Carey passing the comment told the meeting he did not agree with GMM monies being allocated to the West Limerick radio station and requested the record of the meeting to note he wished to be distanced from any GA contributions issued to the statement to the station now back that's the meeting coming up in Eskaton and back to sex education uh, back from Sarah again, and she said, the sex education in post-primary schools is worse. Asking first years just settling in to a new school to identify as LGBTQ plus one. Ridiculous pressure for young people nowadays. Let them just be themselves. Uh, uh, Sarah, you might come back there and tell me what LGBTQ stands for, plus whatever the plus means. And we all folks are nearly a bit getting confused in all of those. It's um, so L Catherine L Caldwell is going giving it to us. Sarah, G's send it on there to me. <laughs> L is lesbian, G is gay, LGBT. 
B is bisexual. Q is queer. And plus is... What's the I? What's the I at the end of it? Oh, the I is intersex. And um, plus is anything you like after that, is it? Well, no, there, there's definite, there, there's definitions, but the plus is to be inclusive, um, supposedly. Um, in Canada, they have two S at the beginning of it, and that refers to, there's a tradition within the indigenous communities of both North and, and, and you know, Canada and North America, that there a recognition that there were people who didn't fit into um, either either sex, and and often they went into maybe shamanism or you know sort of I think there was a long tradition in Ireland that people that didn't fit into the married scenario might go off into the church or into the into between the Sarah now in County Clare and Catherine here in Drumcolor, they're leaving Tom Ryan and myself speechless. <laughs> Now, Tom, that silenced you for a while. Well, Pat, I'm very interested, and I must congratulate Catherine for her, for <laughs> her knowledge and on her the topic. And yes, and, and Sarah, her, her explanations, and Sarah as well. Thanks, Sarah, if your if, if, if your call, if your text, and uh, that's what I hope people will understand. It's very hard to understand, and it's getting more confusing. And the debate is now going to stretch into two referendums in the new year about the woman's place in the longer of the home and uh, the, the role of women. Like, I mean, this, this is the new proposal by uh, Leo Varadkar or Taoiseach and uh, that will go ahead. So we'll infer more of, the, of that. Of the, it, it's know, a very uh, difficult area because I think a lot of women out there feel, especially with the this issue of, of um, trans women in sports is a very obvious scenario. But it's also trans women within politics. Do they take part of the of what what should be women's roles in in um, politics, etc.? Um, and you know, women having their own voice and being allowed to have their own voice, allowed to have their own spaces, it becomes very difficult. I did hear now on the radio this morning. As I say, I listen to BBC early mornings news quite a lot, and they have now brought in a ban on males who have switched to be females from sporting and all that particular area from next year onwards or something. That's been brought in that if you if you were a male or acting as a male or whatever, took part as a male, then you will not be allowed to take part in female sports, if that's the way you're supposed to say it nowadays, you know, so. Now I have another long one here. Uh, hi, Pat, can you ask the panel for their opinion on the recent media editorial ship on, of Ryan Casey's victim impact statement the closing day of the Ashley Murphy murder trial? This was a significant and obviously newsworthy statement in the biggest murder case of the decade. The person closest in the world to the victim was only suggest, openly suggesting that government policy or lack of it lack of policy or inaction characterise it how you wish played a role in her death yet for all that it was newsworthy the Irish media consciously and deliberately omitted the question from the coverage of Mr Casey's statement I say consciously and deliberately because in the case of RT the quote initially appeared 
in their news coverage, but was then deleted from later editions. The Irish Times had a reporter in the courtroom, news talks. Court reporter did a 20-minute segment of the victim impact statements on the station, but omitted to mention this comment from the bereaved boyfriend, and that's from Susan. Uh, that's an area now that uh, even though Susan sends me that in, she still doesn't give us what uh, what was actually said and what was not reported. It is on social media was reported. So I will leave that aside for tonight because we will deal with it in greater detail next week. I'm hoping to line up uh, a balanced uh, number of people with Tom Ryan and myself for, for to go into that particular area and, and that topic. It, it is quite a, a lot of... Uh, gaining a lot of attention, the fact that what Ryan Casey, who was the boyfriend of Ashley Murphy, that his full speech of what he actually said was not reported in the national media. And as I said, we will hold that till next week where we hope to, where I hope to have a balanced number of people and here to discuss it. The, the another message here, the government is preparing legislation to change the protocol around the future deployment of the defence forces overseas. The triple lock currently requires that these deployments have government approval, the support of the Dáil and are mandated by the United Nations. However, tarnished and Minister for Foreign Affairs, Michal Martin, said it now makes sense to amend existing legislation to allow the country to respond to crisis situations with more agility. Does the panel think that this would move Ireland closer to a European Defence Union and outside outsource more power to the EU? Changes in the triple lock mark a fundamental shift in policy and would radically undermine Ireland's neutrality. Should this legislation be put to the Irish people in a referendum? And I don't know whether I'm missing a piece of it, Jason, but I don't see anybody's name to the bottom of it. Am I missing a piece? Uh, we would like if you put your name, as we say here, Pat O'Donovan is my name, Catherine Caldwell is the lady's name, and Tom Ryan is the gentleman's name as well, and we're all standing over our names and our opinions, so we would appreciate if you would do the same and you're sending in messages like that. I um, was travelling quite a bit today, so I heard quite a lot of that on the radio, so I'm reasonably familiar with it. Are you, how are you on that, Catherine? I, I had a look at, actually, a, an article with regard to it. I think it was in the journal. Um, and it, it, it it's something that apparently has been raised, you know, sort of over the last decade or so. I not, I, my feeling with Ireland, Ireland's... Neutrality, as you know, is is kind of a name only in many ways. I mean, we're we're part of the military-industrial complex. Well, it's been our neutrality has been abused. Absolutely, in a sense well, the, the Shannon being used yeah, as, a, as, the flag a, only, as a, yeah. a stop-off yeah. point. Around the country, there's munition parts that are being made in the country and then being shipped out to become part of actual weapons of war. And, you know, sort of, so we, we aren't as neutral as we'd like to think we are. However, I think that the Irish people have a, a greater grow for our neutrality than does our government. Because our government has been prepared to allow the situation in Shannon to continue. We don't know who's been shipped where. You know, is there other people still being go, going to Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay through Shannon? We don't know. 
are we complicit by not looking? I would feel we are, but they don't want to look. And it continues. And so I feel that if, there, if this move is going ahead, if this was good enough for people before, why would it be changed now? To allow us to send troops into Europe or to be part of, of the European forces, to allow our troops go into situations that are more than peacekeeping. Mm. Tom, no, doesn't know, and, and I wouldn't like our guys to be sent over to put other people down. Tom, people would be of the opinion that we're speaking, the government is speaking the two sides of its mouth. Now, Jason, you're still out there. I think we're at an ad break time, are we? We're passing it by, so we'll go to an ad break. Tom, we'll be back to you after the ad break. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 22nd of November 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Catherine Corwell. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Back again, listeners. Tom was saying today about this United Nations, the triple lock and all that, and how neutral are we? Well, Pat, I, I'm afraid I'd be offline here completely because I support uh, I support our, our uh, Ireland being part of, of a European army. I support our, our, our army and navy being equipped with the very best of equipment and our air force. If, if our government could afford to pay 45 million for a jet to fly our ministers all over the world, that most of you wouldn't send for a loaf of bread. Uh, I mean, I think that uh, we need a tr- we need an army where this neutrality thing is is not first of all it is a cop out of my book that's what it is uh, we are part of the European Union we've got billions of euros or Europe we, we are part of, of also of United Nations and, and we're on the Security Council like they're up to recently with a say but we have uh, sent our soldiers all over the world in peacekeeping duties. They're well equipped, and they're well, they're well in actual fact liked, and they're, you know. But I think that that um, I, we need a top class army here. We need an army with modern equipment. We need to be participants in our European Union, not a, a cop out situation that we're in, because it's only a, a kind of a quasi neutrality anyway. And Catherine and I agree with her, like when, when, what's that mean, Shannon alone and, you know, behind the scenes, which is totally contradictory to neutrality, to neutrality status. So I, I think that we'll, that there should be spending, we're a wealthy country, we have a big, we have, we have a huge 
surplus these times, that should be spent on naturally social issues, housing and our health systems, but also our armies should be, our soldiers should be paid, our, our navy should be equipped with the best of equipment, best of boats, and our, and our air force in our world, that, and become a modern country in that regard. And for, I'm totally opposed to our, our, our neutral status. So you, you don't believe we should be a neutral country at all? No. Well, if we are not neutral, we're only talking out talking out the suicides down out for many that. years. I agree with that. I've said that, Pat. I think that we'll have to ship up and shape up. And I would also go in, in so far as saying that, that I wouldn't say anything wrong at all with a national service of, of 12 months for... Uh, all our for all our people, I, I'd love to have been able to for to go on a national service myself when I was when I was a, a young fella, and uh, I I think that would be a very very good way of of training people as well and getting them into some kind of shape and it might it might like take a lot of our problems away. It's only a might. So would you be in favour then of the spend and the government we have at the present time, uh, saying that all our rules and regulations are coming from Europe anyway? That all we have is a, a figurehead kind of a... Well, all government aren't what they're talking about, Pat, because they don't know what they're doing. They're in mismanagement. They can't manage their departments. They can't manage the country. And they're flying around out to the Middle East. My Hal Martin is in the Middle East now, as if there'd be much noise taking him out there. Every second day he's talking from Bill Gaza, sleeping from Israel and from Kuwait and every place. And, and you know, they're, they're, they're only a mock outfit, that's all they are like. And I have dealings with him, Pat. I know, my de- you wouldn't believe the, the interaction that I have with that government and members with Coveney and O'Brien uh, and Eamon uh, Ryan and Michal Martin. People are voting for them if they know the capabilities of them or, or if they know what they were at. And the way they run their departments and the way and the two faced actions of them, plus the representatives they have here, including the, the one that you read out a while ago, and the thinking of them, like, I mean, people would they'd be, but you're not, we'll all vote from again the same way. I wrote to um, to Sean Kelly, he's, he's at every, he'd be near at every Christian, he'd be at the opening of a tiny piece, and I also wrote to. Oh, his cohort above in uh, Bob and Cork on serious issues didn't even reply. Kelly didn't even reply to me. Or what's his name again? Your, your man in Bob and Cork. Clone lady, no. No, no. He's 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 been he's been a fall. Oh no, he's a he's a fine fall. Yeah. Remember, what is he? But Tom, you 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 should know at this stage in life you're old enough. There's. You can write to I have instances there with Rungard Shikan in recent years, and I, I've sent letters, and I know somebody who sent even solicitors' letters to the superintendent, two, three letters, didn't even get a reply. Yeah, but well, Pat, you see, these are the policy, people, just yeah. ignore you completely. Catherine, we better come over here yeah. to you. Yeah? Well, one of, one of my issues, when you when you think of the triple lock system, so what, they, what they're trying to do in terms of breaking out of the triple lock is saying that, well, sometimes maybe the UN doesn't, doesn't call something. And back in the day, I, I don't know if you remember East Timor and, and Tom Highland from the East Timor Island Solidarity Campaign. And when I was over in Galway and, you know, sort of before I came down here, and I was helping out with Tom with the East Timor 
scenario. And, you know, they they were people who were you know, sort of being really put upon and and exploited by the Indonesians. And the situation was one where it was almost genocidal in the attitude that they had. Um, and the UN never said anything against the Indonesians. And then at other times the UN will come in with resolutions and nobody listens to them. Well, that, well that's so, I'm not interrupting you, but I agree with you 100%. That's actually, that's, so I, and because I have tasked them here as a, just a, a, a talking shop, actually, you know, at the, at the UN and the Security Council with them. You know, they, they have actually been, they have been, and even when they do come to a decision, you know, and when they do, with all the, with all their excuses and their, the way they can go around the boat before they make a decision, I mean, it counts for nothing anyway, because they have no power. And we saw it in Kosovo, when we saw when the people would be massacred there as well, as well as East Timor. And this is, so this is a useless outfit, like, these United Nations. I mean, they're not actually effective. But they're, they're, they're a huge organisation with big names in all the countries that are aligned to them, but sure, they're really talking shop. So fine. they've lost respectability completely in, in those recent wars that have taken place. Completely, even the Ukraine. Yeah, talk, a talk shop, not, yeah. not even that. But, but we've discussed them here, though. No? Yeah, in, in the past, the, yeah. The yeah. We, have, yeah. we have to have yeah. some measure of a push for peace. I mean, the situation on the planet, I mean... But um, well, where's it coming from, Captain? You can see Israel admittedly. One of the biggest, biggest producers, our poor farmers, are getting trawled over the, the coals for the, the methane being put out by, by their animals. But the military industrial complex is the bigger produ biggest producer of greenhouse gases in the world. And you know what? Anytime they put up their, those pie charts where they're saying, who's doing what in terms of producing CO2. You never see the military up there. Well, correct. Plenty of propaganda, Catherine. Plenty of propaganda, you know. And now, back here to this machine of mine, uh, Dave Reardon from Granite called. He said a lady was climbing Nachfirna Hill when she met, a num she met a number of people on the hill in uniform and rifles. Not sure if there were replicas. She got a shock. So she reported to the guards. Dave Reardon contacted the, the, a number of departments and no one knows anything about the activities on the hill. Does Pat know anything about this? Well, David, I was on the hill myself there a few days ago and I met what I thought was the army guys as well, believe it or not, and I, I came closer to them and then I saw the greyhounds and then they had the long sticks. And I asked them where they were from, and they were in 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 camouflage. That stuff that the army wears all the different colours in tops and bottoms. That I was certain short was the army fellas I was approaching. Till I saw the greyhounds coming out of the cars, and they were from Kenturk, and they were from Chum, and they were from different places far away. So I moved on as well, and uh, I let them off with their, their hounds to go. Pat, did we not discuss it already in the program tonight? Exactly. But it's slightly different. It's the, not, it's the, the same thing, Pat. Different yeah, people. Uh, yeah, but the, his question was that it was on the papers as well, uh, where this lady t saw the, the, the army 
and she spoke to one of them that were on the photo shoot to said but <laughs> a couple of days later I saw what looked like army fellas as well on this camouflage jackets and the whole lot but it was greyhounds and they were from different places but this was 10 o'clock in the morning now Tom when I saw it wasn't late at night at all you know? but I'll see as well in the daytime as well in the nighttime anyhow so it make any difference that's my version of what I saw and I don't think there were any army pay David they were on um, on a hunting spree that and they weren't obviously implied at other jobs on that particular day anyhow countrymen call this triple lock is a vital part of our neutrality and government should not tamper with it if it needs to be changed the country needs to decide with a referendum uh, this whole EU thing Tom is a big EU man I am not a big EU fan at all myself and following it back over the years which we ran through here one night some time back we, we had um, a commissioner for ourselves one time we had a veto and we had a lot of other things and all those have been taken away from us over the years so what we went into originally we went into a European common market and, and now it's turned out to be something and now we have no veto anymore and when many of those various campaigns came up you can do this but you can you, you won't be overridden because you have the veto you have the veto now we have no veto uh, here and I suppose as Khan said there should be a referendum but then again you get all kinds of propaganda and, and, and people will let all kinds of information fit all kinds of information but I, I always felt that Ireland being a neutral country was a very good position to be if, well, I, if I, they I, stuck I, to it from De Valera's time when, when you think about our position in the world I mean, we think ourselves and, our and our location. We somehow think of ourselves as being on the outskirts of Europe. We have such a strategic position here. Do you not think that the world powers don't already look at us that way? I mean, the Americans just think we're a landing bomb, you know, and a place for their old folks to go on on their last big holiday and face fantasies and kiss the Blarney Stone. It, but the, the, one of the things I wanted to say to you with regard to the EU, Pat, is um, that one of the things that really annoys me is if we have a situation, we elect European members, you know, to go up over there to Parliament and to fight our cause and to represent us and... And when we write a letter to them, as Tom is after saying, they won't even reply. Well, they should be replying. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Anyhow, no, yeah. no problem. They should, of course, they of should, course reply. should reply. Should they, yeah. they should be connected. They should be with held to, held to account. Base. Held yes. to account. Yeah. And so, when decisions are being put to the, to the MEPs over in Europe, and there's occasions when the MEPs can't agree, and sometimes I feel like those not being able to agree has been tweaked by different members to keep different people happy. Mm -hmm. But when there's a deadlock. I think they have to work things out as the members. I don't think it's a case that the Commission, who are much less representative of the people, will mm -hmm. then make a decision over the heads of the ministers. And that goes on again and again. So that in reality, we have these members who are talking away to, at a deadlock. And so who makes the decisions? El Supreme it is not, it is not the elected. It is not the elected people. Or Ursula, whatever her, what's her name? Do you know that she actually plagiarised her 
thesis. She was actually found to have lied on her thesis for she, to get her degree. I have it on paper. I'm, she can come and, and claim against me if she wants to. But she lied. Maybe, she was shown to lie. And she still got her thesis. I, 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 know, you're say, I know you're saying you have it on paper, but <laughs> there's a lot of things in paper. That doesn't make it right. It doesn't say it is true. Oh, well, you have I'm, it on paper. I'll, I'll take the argument yeah. if it comes back at me if Ursula's yeah. upset. But I can't agree with you anyway, so I've got to contradict you, you know. <laughs> I don't like for, the woman. For the she purpose, makes too many decisions in favour of balance. agrochemicals. Well, she's, Ger- she's, she's German, I believe. There was quite a lot of questions about her coming from Germany, what she promised and what she did and what she didn't oh, do. She trained in London. Yeah, but that's politics. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 22nd of November 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Catherine Corwell. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. It's Wednesday evening. You're tuned to County Views in Newcastle West Community Radio Station, West Limerick 102 FM. And on the panel tonight is Catherine Caldwell and Tom Ryan, and on uh, uh, the producer of the programme is Jason Smith. And, uh, Pat, just before you start, uh, this gentleman, that MEP, that we, that I, his name just escaped me, was Billy Keller. Billy Keller yeah, is right. Billy Keller. He spends a lot of his time rolling me as well. And uh, with, with Sean Kelly, but I told him didn't reply. He didn't have the courtesy or the decency. Yeah, maybe it was all above their head anyway. But that, as I said, about the Gardaí as well, and the councils and other bodies, if there's something getting a bit tricky or sticky, they just ignore you completely. Yeah, well, well, it's one way, it's a cowardly way out of, of uh, yeah. these people are public servants. But they shouldn't be allowed to get away with it. They shouldn't, well, Patrick, you know, this, this they, they are public servants, public servants. Public servants, and they have and fuel the, salaries and yeah. big pensions, and they have expenses and everything, yeah. and they haven't the courtesy or the decency to reply to. But they're not being held to account. They're not being held to account. But, no. they, but you see, they'll, they'll be all, so people, when they come, they, they stick around councils and they can talk about them every night. When they come looking for votes, well, then it's up to people themselves to say, look, well, what they're doing. But what still, in relation to vote, it's the same old ding-dong mainly, and you have taken independent, we have an independent here last week or the week before from Palace Kinry, uh, uh, Mr. Hartigan, a young lad going as an independent. But, but the, the, the big parties are allocated a large amount of money. The independent isn't allowed it's any money at all, no. so he isn't a hope in hell. So it's not a fair starting point. No, he's not well, even allowed like expenses, Patty. He's no, he's allowed, allowed nothing, no. Yeah. I mean, it, this this is a way that things are. But that's not right. That is not. Things are funneled into the, 
into the major parties yeah. and so opinions are controlled and 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 fenced in. And but you, you wouldn't call that democracy, would you? That's, no, of course it's not yeah. democracy. And it's going on for years. Is a is a nice thing that we're sold as a belief system, but it's really what choices do we get? You could vote for an independent, and you're told that you're throwing your vote away. So what? I've got to vote for one or the other, and it's like you know, sort of, it's the devil you know and the devil you don't know, or the devil you do know, and you. Do we know any of the devils? But you see, Catherine, the point that, that we make here, and I make anyway all the time, and I will agree with me here, that these people that are elected, I mean, it it is a, a very, very serious position. I mean, people died and people were tortured and families destroyed to get our, our independence, that we would have a doll, that we would have a, a house that would is that would make laws and these people like that are elected to that should in actual fact think of the people think about history think of what it what it should mean to be in up in in instant house and who is actually running the country i mean we have now like recently now just a quick one recently now we have a minister for the environment Eamon ryan Eamon ryan won't even allow the roads to be to be even surfaced, never mind a new road. But all of a sudden we have a new ring road around the day for the, for the Ryder Cup. <laughs> Who's making the decisions in this country like? Who, what, how is, he, how is he turning so easily? Where did the, where did the money come for that, 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 that Eamon Ryan is actually, I mean, now it's all for it. I mean, I've nothing against it, like, uh, like a bypass for there because, I mean, that should have been done 30 years ago. You know, well, I bypass Adair yeah, all the time, time if yeah, I can. But, but if you do, you're risking, uh, you're taking a big risk if you if you bypass it in the roads that you bypass it on. You know. Oh, I go the small roads. Yeah, yeah well, the I, small I love roads to go are 60, very, yeah, that, but they're very bad. No, and they're very, they're very windy and potholes and everything. But so I go see, now rather than go comes, there. It comes yeah. down to the situation that who is actually running this country? We elect the government, and they're only a charade. We have a, a we have a den, we have a, a, our civil service who are paid more than the American president at top level in the in the, the secretaries and the, 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 the CEOs of the departments. They are also an, a, a sham outfit as well. Listen to them on the, and the excuses of what they're talking about. And the amount of them there, we have over 395,000 civil service in the country. That's what we have in a small bit of an island that and, and they can't run. They can't even actually manage the country. So that's civil servants, not public servants. Public like that doesn't include teachers. Or it does. Oh, well, I'm talking about them. They're all, they're all paid by the taxpayer. Mm. You know, it's, it's, there are a lot of people at the lower end of that. But the gurus at the top, with their big salaries and big pensions, and their holidays and their golf outings and their trips all over the world, Democrat, and then you have your ministers like we have at the moment flying all over the world, like and Michael Martin. These crowd, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be tolerated in any country in the world. Well, you asked who runs the country, and in yeah. terms of, in reality, the country gets run by the day-to-day -day people doing their jobs. It and is. Things move ahead because they're. But doing in fairness their jobs. to the government, I was in Limerick City yesterday to go to the castle, try into the city, and the amount of buildings, buildings, buildings that is going on all over the country, even here outside this building where we're sitting tonight, some years ago, 
there was only four or five cars. Literally, the whole place is full every day now. So the amount of people employed and working and the amount of buildings taking place is just unbelievable, Tom. It's a, there's a regrowth happening. There is a huge movement of work and small villages around my own place in Tuller County, Clare, I passed through there today, and the amount of housing estates that are going up is unbelievable as well. But so that's, that's, a, that's a total contradiction, then, like, because every night here, we people are ringing in and we listen to national radio, national, national TVs, and they'll tell you that rural Ireland is, is absolutely derelict, like in the towns, you go, you need to leave any county on Limerick, and whatever about what's going on inside Limerick. I mean, the, the decisions that that the twenty thirty have made inside Limerick, people will remember those. Like uh, when, when there's hundreds of millions, and I mean hundreds of millions now, of borrowed money, like that are on projects <laughs> that are only. They are Disneyland projects. That's what they are. All governed by our local council. And and seconded by the people that we elect in there. That oh, so Tom, vote. Tom, you said people ring up complaining about rural Ireland. That is fact. But what I mentioned was actually towns and Limerick City. That the buildings say rural Ireland is still being cleaned out, literally. Rural Ireland. is derelict. I don't know how there's nobody in it. And, and like, you go up in street and you're, you're kind of even taking a to risk. the out area I was in, the ring road around oh, the city, yes, went on to Castle Tride, out that there, into the there, city. There is a lot of industry. A huge ahead. amount of stuff there, building going on. There's a building going ahead that there's no doubt about that industry or industrialists, like, are, are doing, are like, are providing a lot of it. There's no one denying about the employment. There's no one implying, I'm, what I'm talking about is the management of this, you know, and the people that are making decisions at council level. And uh, we say, and as they sit around the council table. And Tom, while I'm at it, I travelled from Limerick up to Tulla. I had to go to Galway today, and I went up. But some people might know the mountain you rode up. Yes. And there Lovely was area between between Tulla and Gort, which you wouldn't meet three cars in the journey, which is sixteen miles. I was stopped three times with roadworks. <laughs> Believe it or not, wow. yeah. road. But the amount of money and footpaths going on, Redkeel, the same towards different paths. I don't know where all the money is coming There's out of town. The amount of roadworks and footpaths right. going on and well, work is beyond belief. We had a budget pass three weeks ago. I mean here, and there was a, there was like we just looking to the Department of Health. We said the, the, the I mean the health mean budget alone, and there was they, they were saying no, that's it. You're getting that's how you're getting the following morning there. The CEO came out and said, that's, that's not enough, we're shot two million. Today, we had the, the government saying, there's a million fee, a billion, sorry, a billion. So, I mean, the money that they're spending and the, and the management of our finances by our, by our, the, this controller and auditor general, well, there's a, there's a situation. He's about a couple of hundred staff now, it's supposed to be looking at the whole expenses and the whole cost of everything. It is only a joke. All last week they said there'll be no recruitment in the health, uh, in in the health board. No, no money. No money. Mm-hmm. This morning they had a billion to give them. What's the national death looking like? Now? Well, some years I'm just thinking of their capture. Some years ago they were sent out great great grandchildren wouldn't be paying it. Uh, it isn't mentioned anymore. Not mentioned about it. Well, I mean, we spent an awful lot over the last three or four years. Just extra that we weren't planning for. I see footpaths being dug up, fine-looking footpaths. They've been dug up and replaced by new ones. 
Yeah, I, I don't think there's very joined up thinking happening, it, it seems. But, I mean, I think nice, nice footpaths are great. Do you know, it's great for us to be able to walk without fearing tripping and everything else. And, you know, sort of, so that's good. I'd hate to think that they're digging up good stuff to put down new stuff. We, we need to be making do with what we have and renovating and getting villages back. I mean, you said about Tulla. I mean, up around the Schlievochtis and, and those small little villages around there, an awful lot of empty Houses, buildings, plenty of buildings. Yeah, you know, plenty of buildings yeah. And it will be lovely to see those turn around and small businesses start again. And the local development groups being prepared to wishful get thinking, the wish, innovation. Wishful thinking. I, I, I know a lady and she keeps referring to Aldi, Little and Tesco and those kind of shops and super value. And they've literally closed down all the small shops because they stock everything. They stock everything. But the people, the people abandon those shops as well. The small shops. Yeah, small yeah, shops. There's very few yeah. towns. Now, another thing that my list was insurance. I see there in the paper, which is common enough in Newcastle West. We had it in Middleton and Red Cormac where they got flooded. They're not being paid, and insurance companies are finding all kinds of excuses to pay them for the flooding recently for those who did have insurance. And for the life of me, I can't understand why the government hasn't some policy in place here in Newcastle West. I can't get flood insurance. That there should be a policy. The insurance company will only insure you more or less in condition that you wouldn't be claiming. But if there's a rescue claimant, they won't cover you at all. No? Well, I mean, they're still covering you for security. Like if you got broken into, you'd, you'd get... Yeah, but not flood, not flooding. But I mean, you'd, you're just as likely to, to get robbed, aren't you? Yes, 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 yes. True, true, yeah. I you get your pint, yeah. Well, Pat, look, I mean, how long is this debate going on with insurance companies? You know, I mean, like the insurance company is rip off Ireland, like, that's what And still is. is. I got a quotation myself the other day. <coughs> the same house, same property, 200 dearer than yeah. last year. Well, I got my insurance yeah. me during the week. Like I mean, my farm insurance five thousand. No, that's a that's a, that's some some money now. Like. For what really? For, no. Well, for it, it, it could be it's, it's a multi. Yeah, I, I often like, think yeah. if if you didn't pay the insurance at all and just kept putting it away every year, you'd nearly have enough to cover the claims. No? But, but but you see, Pat, I mean, the whole the, the the whole situation is 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 wrong because like first of all, the, the, the government is after paying out billions now due to the recent floods because the reason they didn't was because of a Cork situation and they're all down in Cork the McGrath there and Martin is there and an election in 12 months time election 12 months time then they had to carry it up to Wexford and up to Wicklow and all all through the East Coast and I have terrible sympathy pet for people who, who get damaged with flooding that's also caused by projects not being finished and not being done like that would avoid yeah. the flooding so there should be a national, there should be a national insurance coverage for flooding. So once again, folks, <laughs> we've run out of time. And my sincere thanks to Captain Caldwell and Tom Ryan for joining me tonight, and also to Jason Smith, and also those uh, quite a number of new people sending in messages tonight. And as I said, next week we'll um, have a look at this whole sentencing business in that area and lack of reporting that some items are reported and other items are only half reported so 
is it government policy or what policy is it? Is it the new society of the righteousness? So, folks, from me, until next week, take care. 102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on Westlandwick 102 FM on the 22nd of November 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Catherine Corwell joined Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie